Welcome back to the Pearls and Perils podcast. I'm your host, Peter Kay. As you can see from the title, in today's episode, we're going to be talking about taboo subjects that we need to normalize in our communities. Now, some of these subjects may not be a taboo for you, but I'm sure that some of these subjects are things that aren't commonly spoken about in a lot of communities. Now, when I say communities, I'm referring to those that you consider your friends, your family, people that you trust and you can truly be yourself around. Because there may be people people in your life that you might never speak about some of these topics with. But I do think for the people that you consider a part of your community, people that you trust and you can be yourself around, I think that's a really good measure. And I hope that there are people in your life that you do feel that you can be yourself around because that's important. When you're not truly being yourself, you're constantly acting and that's just draining and exhausting. So in essence, in today's episode, I'm going to go through some of these topics. I've actually got seven written down. And these are topics that I do feel that we need to make more of an effort, a conscious effort to make them less of a taboo and conversations that we can feel more comfortable to have with our friends and our family and the people that we consider as a part of our community. Now, the first one, you're probably going to know what I'm going to say next. Speaking about finances and money. I know this is not a taboo subject for everyone, but I know for a lot of people it is a taboo. It's not a subject that's spoken about. Finances is just not discussed. It's an area that people just kind of think you're going to figure it out, you'll get on with it. But I think also a reason why a lot of people in the communities don't speak about finances is that there's so many different layers and nuances to it. But in some cases, there's a shame factor when finances is an area that perhaps you're not doing very well in. Maybe you're in a lot of debt or you're struggling financially. The money you're making is just not enough to make ends meet. Also, there's that lack of knowledge. Perhaps you're just winging it and you don't know what you're doing. And there's that shame factor when you're not doing well financially and perhaps the people around you are doing well and you kind of feel like I shouldn't be in this position and it makes it difficult to then have conversations open conversations, might I say, about finances and about money. I do think it's important that if we want the next generation to be a level up from where we are now, we need to make speaking about finances and money the norm. We need to make it an area where people don't feel uncomfortable or it's an area of shame. It's an area of, oh, you know, we shouldn't talk about money. I think also in some communities, people have this perception and this idea that money is evil. You're taught to despise money. You're taught to like, it's just not important. I know that for a fact, being a Christian, in some Christian communities, money is demonized so much. Having money and pursuing wealth or having wealth is demonized so much so that a lot of people don't really prioritize learning how to manage their money well. And this is so far off the reality. And unfortunately, this kind of destructive thinking causes a lot of people to make very poor financial decisions, which also links into some of the other topics that I I wanna discuss today. I think it's important when it comes to money to find a balance. I think the issue is never with money itself because money is not a person. It doesn't have a personality. It doesn't have a mind of its own. It doesn't have a gender. It doesn't have its own ideas and ideologies. Money is a tool. And what counts and what really matters is how we use that tool and also our attachment to that tool. That's what can cause money to be a tool that's used for evil. Having money or even pursuing building a, I don't want to necessarily say wealth because that's not everyone's goal. That's not everyone's desire. And also that will not be the case for everyone. But what I do think is important is actually being able to at least have at minimum your needs met. 
not everyone is going to be a millionaire and that is okay <laughs> that's okay to also not have that desire but i think what is important is being able to look after yourself and your family at a bare minimum that's in my opinion that's at least the bare minimum everyone should strive for going back to the point i was trying to make was that money is a tool what counts is how we use that tool so we shouldn't allow those kind of thinkings of all oh, money is evil to cause us to not actually have conversations, healthy conversations, should I say, important conversations with our children, with our family, with our friends that could really make such a huge impact on their lives and the way they navigate through life. We often speak to children about going to university, getting a good job, and that's it. For a lot of people, the conversation stops there. So what then happens with those that university is not something that they want for themselves or maybe they're just not academic and let's be honest in order to be successful in university there is a level of academia that is required and that is not everyone's case not everyone is an academic and i think it's important for us to empower the people around us to realize that there are many different ways for us to navigate through life and have our own level of success and preparing the next generation to realize that there's more than one way that we can pursue our career but if we don't have those conversations, if we don't create those open and safe spaces where we can truly say how we feel, where we can truly, you know, share our ideas and not be afraid of what the backlash may be, not be afraid of, mm, if I say this, I don't want to have to deal with, <laughs> you know, the repercussions. I don't want to have to deal with the negativity and so on. So I think it's important for us to normalize speaking about finances, speaking about careers and all the nuances that come under that umbrella making them conversations that we feel comfortable having. Conversations around debt. I personally believe that a lot of people would not be as buried in debt if they had people and communities around them that they could be transparent about perhaps some financial issues or habits that they have. In many cases, people get into debt because of certain habits that they've acquired over the years. Maybe a habit of using a credit card to fund impulsive purchases or even purchases that they actually do need but they haven't quite learned how to navigate the credit system in a way that's actually going to help them to build their credit, that's gonna allow them to not get into a position where they have debt beyond their control. But for many people that are in debt, it's something that they keep to themselves, it's a secret. It's an embarrassing situation to find yourself in, especially when you don't have people around you that you can truly be honest and transparent with. So let's normalize speaking about finance. Let's normalize speaking about salaries, speaking about, you know, careers, speaking about those things that we don't really talk about enough. Let's, let's really normalize those conversations. And another topic, which sort of links to finances in a sense, but in a different kind of way, is speaking about death, speaking about things like funeral arrangements and insurance. These are things that are so vital. And I know in a lot of communities, Speaking about death is just not something that we do. We just don't do it because there's that fear of, oh, now I'm not going to talk about it. You know, I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to, you know, say anything. But speaking about death doesn't mean you're going to die tomorrow. Doesn't mean that you're wishing death upon yourself or anything of that nature. Something that I've realized is that the communities that speak the least about topics such as funeral arrangements, wills, what will happen when someone dies, what will happen if someone loses capacity. I find that those kind of communities are the ones that struggle more so when those events come because there's a lack of preparation to it. 
And this is why I think it's really important, especially if you've got older parents or you have people around. It's not even just about age, because let's be real, we're all going to die one day. We all have our day that we're going to die. We're not going to live forever in this body that we're in right now. And although it can feel quite crude and even uncomfortable speaking about death, especially if it's something that you've experienced quite close, maybe losing a loved one. And this is especially why we need to normalize having these conversations, speaking about funeral arrangements. What are your wishes, mom, dad, for when you die? How would you like your funeral to be? Even echoing your own wishes as well of what you would want when you die and really analyzing, do I have the provisions for that? When I do pass away, whenever that time comes, are there any provisions in place that are gonna mean that There's going to be money to cover my funeral. There's going to be money to look after my children. If you have children, if you have dependents. So really thinking about all of those things. If you're someone that has children, also thinking about the fact if if anything were to happen to me, if I was to get sick, if I was to pass away unexpectedly, what would happen to my children? Who would I want to be responsible for them? How would I want their care to be? So really making your wishes known in these aspects. So one of the things I think is important is us speaking about all of these things because within that, there's so many different layers to it, right? There's things like wills and getting advice about that, speaking to a solicitor or speaking to a financial advisor, speaking to a professional, But even by speaking to those within your community, like I said, people that you trust, people that you care for, people that you can truly be yourself around, those people that you can depend on, it's important because if anything were to happen to you, those are going to be the direct people that will be affected by your death or that will be affected by your illness. So I'm really just going to throw out a a lot of different things for you to consider, for you to do your research on, because honestly, it's so important. And sometimes until these events happen, you don't realize how important it is until you're actually in it. And unfortunately, once that's the case, there is very little things that you can then do to kind of prepare for that because it's already happened. It's, it's, It's after the fact. So I think whatever we can do to prepare for situations like that, let's do it. In my case, I have life insurance. If I'm to die, then I know that my family's okay. They can they can at least pay for my funeral. <laughs> I don't have any dependents. My husband will be fine. And that's one of the things that I consciously thought, you know, it's a work benefit. Let me take it. When I do leave my employment, I will get my own um, life insurance. Because again, if it's tied to your employment, if you leave that employment, you won't have that cover anymore. So looking at things and exploring things such as life insurance. And we are so privileged now. And we are so privileged now with the fact that you can look at comparison sites online. You don't necessarily have to use a financial advisor to, to give you advice on those things. Of course, it does help, but you can also do your own research. Even before seeking advice, I think it's always good to do your research because that way you'll be able to gauge whether that advice sounds sound or not. If you have absolutely no idea about something and you're seeking advice, it puts you in so much more of a vulnerable position because unfortunately not everyone is ethical which is sad, you, you would want everyone to be ethical, but we all know that's that's not the world that we live in. But yeah, definitely do your research about things like insurance and looking at ways that you can better protect yourself and your family in the event of these things. Segwaying into the next topic, pensions and retirement. This is another topic that is so taboo. I wouldn't even say it's taboo, to be honest. I would just say that it's a topic that people put at the back of their minds and we just don't talk about it. We're going about our day to day and a lot of us, we're living in survival mode. A lot of us, we're just so busy and consumed with all responsibilities with our day to day. 
it's difficult sometimes to actually find space to really think. I don't know if it's just me, but if I'm having a really busy week, I find that I'm really just going with emotions, I'm going with the flow, I'm going with everything that's happening around me. And it can be quite difficult to instill moments in my day where it's like, okay, let's pause. Let's take a moment to think. Let's let's slow down. Pensions and retirement is definitely a topic we often put off. We we don't think about it, especially when you're young and you feel like retirement is so far and beyond you. It's not really something that you consciously think about. And similarly to speaking about death, in most cases, those that are the least prepared for those things are the ones that do not speak about it. Topics like pensions and retirement, these are things that are essentials for us to build our knowledge on because they're all gonna affect us in some way. I'm sure you don't wanna work until your last breath on this earth. I'm sure there's gonna come a point where you don't wanna work and you wanna be able to retire. But for that to happen, there has to be a level of planning involved. There has to be a level of making provisions in place so that's gonna become a reality. We no longer live in the era where you can depend on the state pension. By the time that I retire, my my current state pension age, I think it's 68, something like that. And I do not want to be working until I'm 68 years old. 68. I don't want to be working until that age, especially out of obligation, not out of choice. So us actually putting provisions in place is imperative. There's so much that I could say surrounding pensions and retirement, but I really just kind of want to drop this seed in your head for you to get thinking about it for yourself and doing your research. So thinking about what provisions am I putting in place? Do I have a private pension? Do I have a pension through my workplace? Do I even understand how pensions work? that's definitely a place to start. A lot of people don't truly understand how pensions work. It may be something that you're even opted into, but you haven't really taken the time to look at what is my pension being invested in? You know, what does this mean? What are the fees that they're charging annually? There's so many of the things that sometimes we just don't have the space to really think about it. But pensions and retirement is definitely something you've got to make some space for. You've got to make the time to, to read those statements, to understand what you're actually investing in, to get more of a realistic picture of what you can actually expect when you're coming to retirement and also thinking about things like how much money would I want to retire on for the lifestyle that I want to live how much would I need what pen what size pension pot would I need for that so all of these things require planning all of these things require research and in some cases will also require professional advice so I'm just putting that out there to get you guys thinking if you want me to do a podcast episode speaking more about pensions then definitely reach out to me As always, all my contact details are in the show notes. So let me know if pensions is an area that you want me to speak more about on the podcast. Now we're going to take a quick break. I am super excited to announce I'm having my first in-person event. So if you live in London, or not even scratch that, if you live in the UK, I'm having an event on Saturday the 4th of March. This is going to be an in-person event, my Money Management Essentials event. It's going to be an interactive session where I'm going to be going through the personal finance essentials that you need to be able to manage your finances effectively. Now, if you're someone that wants to better manage your finances in 2023, This event is for you. The event is going to take place in London, Saturday the 4th of March at 3pm. Tickets are on sale now. If you check out the show notes, you'll be able to grab your tickets. And let me just warn you, there are only limited spaces available. There's 50 spaces available and we don't have 50 spaces left at present. There's about 40 plus tickets left. So if you want to grab yourself a ticket, the best time to do so is now. Because once the tickets are sold out, that is it. I hope to see you there and I can't wait to connect with you all in person. 
Another topic which really is actually a de- is definitely a taboo in most communities is speaking about healthy sex and relationships and what that looks like. A lot of the knowledge that I have today about sex is things that I've done research on. You know, I never had the talk with my parents. They never spoke to me about sex. And I'm sure that their parents never spoke to them about sex. It just, it wasn't the norm. And they're from a different generation. But I think if we want to break down the barriers between ourselves and our children, between us and the next generation, speaking figuratively, because I'm still young, (laughs) I'm making myself sound old, but honestly, if we want to break down some of those unhealthy thoughts and ideas that many of us have surrounding sex and relationships, we've got to start having these open conversations. So many people, their knowledge of sex has come from pornography, which is fake. (laughs) A lot of what you see in pornography is staged, it's not real. And so many people are aspiring for their real life sex life to be reflected and to be the same as what they've seen in porn, which is often fake. Porn addiction is on the increase. A lot of young people, not even just young people, a lot of people in general are addicted to pornography. And there are so many negative implications that people do have from pornography addictions. It can even affect sexual performance in men. And these are often things that are not spoken about. If you are someone that has children, If you don't speak to your child about healthy sex, and when I say healthy sex, not just saying don't have sex, (laughs) that advice is not gonna work. But really speaking about, you know, why would you advise them to perhaps wait to have sex? Why, why? What are the implications of that? Really being open and honest, because unfortunately, if you don't speak to your child about sex, they're gonna learn on pornography. They're gonna learn from their friends who perhaps don't have sound advice to give to them. They're going to learn from TV. They're going to learn from social media. They're going to learn from TikTok. They're going to learn from sources that perhaps are not healthy. So it's so important, as much as these conversations may be awkward, having them or even being the one listening to them, it's so important for us to normalize these conversations. When we make something a taboo, it creates this distance from it. People don't want to talk about it. So what happens is they talk about it in secret. And sometimes what's spoken about in secret isn't really sound advice. So I think it's so important for us to normalize conversations, especially with people that we do feel comfortable with, about healthy sex and relationships and what that looks like. And I think also this lack of transparency and and open conversations and really sharing wisdom is the reason why there is this big gap when it comes to sex. A lot of women don't actually enjoy sex, which is really sad and unfortunate. But again, a lot of the things that I have learned, I've learned from research. I didn't know. I had very limited knowledge of what healthy sex looks like. And I didn't really have those conversations, as I said. So I had to do my own research. So I really urge you, if in your community, that's not something you speak about, you need to start having more conversations about healthy sex and relationships because people don't just figure it out on their own. Unfortunately, a lot of the times they don't and you make so many unnecessary mistakes that you don't need to make. And this younger generation that's coming up, for many of them, sex is really just a commodity. It's not even important. There's no value to it. A lot of people, they don't value their bodies. Sex is just seen like just an activity to do. And it's so much more beyond that. There's so many implications of sex, not even just speaking about unplanned pregnancies and and STIs and STDs. There's so much more. There's the emotional aspect that people don't speak about. But again, this is why we need to make these conversations more normalized within our communities. There's so much I could say, but we'll be here all day and I want to get through the other point. Another topic we need to normalize more in our communities. These two, well, I had two points initially, but they link together. 
mental health issues and speaking about our true feelings and experiences that we're going through. For people that you consider as part of your community, people that you trust, people that you can count on, being able, and one thing I've definitely learned for myself is that I need to work on, which I I am definitely working on, being someone that I listen more than I speak. If someone comes to me with a problem or they're going through something, instead of me instantly wanting to react and reply and say something, give advice or whatever, or put my two pence in, let me listen. Let me listen to what they have to say before I shoot down that person or tell them, oh, you're fine, you got this. Sometimes we just need to learn to listen. And a lot of us are not great listeners. We don't want to admit that, but a lot of us were not great listeners. And I definitely know there's been many times in my life where I have not been a good listener. When someone came to me for advice, when someone came to me, even just to speak or to vent or to just say, you know what, I am not okay today. I'm not okay. Creating safe conversational spaces where your friends or your family can speak about mental health issues they may be going through instead of having to bottle it up or pretend that they're okay but actually being a safe space and a sounding board for them to be open and honest about. It doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna walk them through or you're gonna be able to even help them, but even just being someone that they can come to and really be open and honest with. A lot of us, we wear so many hats. At work, you got your professional hat on, maybe at home, you got your mum hat or you've got your student hat or you've got I'm a child hat. You know, we carry so many roles, so many hats, so many things that we have to be and and even change in between that just being able to be yourself can sometimes be a rarity, can sometimes be something that you don't get to be often. So being a safe space for someone to really be open and honest with and vice versa is so important. Let's normalize allowing people to be open and honest about their mental health issues without shooting them down, without criticizing them, without giving your unsolicited and unprofessional advice, but really just listening, listening to understand, not listening to criticize, not listening to, you know, come back with. And this is why I said the next two points connect because being able to normalize speaking about mental health issues and all the nuances to that, but also speaking about our true feelings is also things that we need to normalize. How many times has maybe somebody asked you, how are you? And you're like, I'm okay, I'm good. But really you weren't good. (laughs) But you just didn't feel comfortable to say that you weren't. And I wanna be a safe space where someone can be open and honest, especially if it's someone that I consider a friend or family. I want them to be able to be real and be like, do you know what, I am not okay. I don't wanna talk about it, but I'm not okay. And vice versa, I wanna be able to do the same. But in order for that to happen, we have to build that level of trust. We have to build that level of consistency where people can see that when I'm open and honest with this person, they don't judge me. They actually listen to me. They actually care and they show me in how they treat me. Now, the last one I want to wrap up this episode with is family trauma. This one is definitely a big taboo. A lot of families, there's family secrets. There's things that people just don't talk about at the the family gatherings. There's the big elephants in the room that everybody ignores or they speak about, you know, in little groups, but it's not really addressed. Family trauma, whether that was abuse that's happened within the family or an event that's happened that people haven't been able to really discuss as a family. Maybe you experienced it as a family, but again, everyone has different experiences to things that they go through. Two people can go through the exact same thing, but to perceive it completely differently. So normalizing, speaking about those family traumas, those traumatic events that have happened, 
maybe in a professional environment, maybe just speaking about it amongst yourself is not gonna help. It might just bring up these old wounds. But I do think it's important for us to address things that have happened that you can see are still affecting members of your family. And I know that this is something that is way easier said than done. It is hard, it is tough. Sometimes relationships have broken down because of events that have happened. But I think if we wanna bring restoration to our families, if we wanna build genuine authentic real connections that it's not just family for pictures and family for show you know it's not just a facade it's not all just a pretense but we really want to build genuine connections with our families with our community even if it's not your blood family maybe it's your friendship group there has to be that level of honesty and authenticity on things like this you can't just sweep things under under the rug because eventually the problem is going to be way too big for you to even try and conceal it and it always comes out at some point it always flows over in some way so dealing and addressing family trauma i think that's definitely something we need to normalize more in our communities because having to carry that burden of whatever the issue is is a heavy one and sometimes it affects certain individuals within the family more than it does others for some people they'll be fine and they can get on with it they find different coping mechanisms to deal with that issue but for some it really destroys internally so that's definitely an area and a topic that i think we need to normalize more in our communities speaking about those family issues not ignoring them not pretending they're not there and if needs be seeking professional advice i know that in many communities we don't really we don't really value or think, you know, things like therapy or, or counselling or psychologists or whatever are actually helpful things. But in some cases for some people, it really can be helpful. Or even just having a neutral party that's not a part of the issue or the problem to just listen. A safe space for people to share and to say what they think without someone jumping down their throat is really going to make a huge difference. So these are just some of the topics that I believed are taboo subjects that we need to normalize in our communities. I think if we're able to walk with intention and actually make a conscious effort to make some of these topics, if they are things that you find are taboo in your community, but if we can make a conscious effort to change that narrative, it's going to make such a huge difference, not only to our relationships that we have with the people that are close around us, but even other relationships that kind of spiral from that also. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Was there any of the topics that I spoke about today that is a taboo in your community? Or is there anything that I didn't speak about today that you think is also a taboo? Don't be shy, let's continue the conversation outside of this episode. All of my contact details can be found in the show notes. And if you did enjoy this episode and you're listening on a podcast platform that allows you to rate the episode or leave a review, please do so. Have a great rest of your week and I'll catch you in the next episode.